¿Estás listo para convertir tus mejores ideas en un negocio en línea exitoso? Te presentamos Shopify. Tal vez no lo sabías, pero nuestro podcast More Than Mammies es un negocio y lo empezamos, por supuesto, para desahogarnos y hablar sobre la maternidad, no para convertirnos en expertas de ventas y del e-commerce. Así que sí, necesitábamos ayuda para vender nuestro merch y poner en marcha nuestra tienda. ¿Y cómo suena con Shopify? Llegó otra venta. Shopify es la plataforma de comercio que está revolucionando millones de negocios en todo el mundo. Ya seas un emprendedor desde tu casa o desde donde sea, Shopify es la única herramienta que necesitas para iniciar, administrar y hacer crecer tu negocio sin dificultades. Con Shopify puedo gestionar pedidos, envíos y pagos desde cualquier lugar, brindándote toda la información y estadísticas de tus ventas al detalle. Regístrate para un periodo de prueba con tan solo un dólar al mes en shopify.com barra sonoro. Todo en minutos. Ve a Shopify.com barra sonoro para llevar tu negocio al siguiente nivel. Shopify.com barra sonoro. Hola, I'm Claudia Romo Edelman. And I'm Cynthia Kleinbaum-Milner. And this is the podcast A La Latina. The playbook to succeed being your authentic self. Today we're going to learn from Elizabeth Nieto three key things. Number one, how growing up in Argentina in the 70s gave her a now or never mentality that made her take risks without thinking too much about them. Number two, how to be a good mentee. And number three, her personal leadership playbook, including six C's, centered, courageous, curious, compassionate, community builder, and change agent. That's amazing. Stick around for another episode of A La Latina. A La Latina. A La Latina is proudly presented by Money Lion. Join the millions of Americans just like you who use Money Lion to help reach their American dream. Hola, welcome to a new episode of a podcast A La Latina. The playbook to succeed being your authentic self. Today, incredible guest, Elizabeth Nieto. Elizabeth is a global head of equity and impact at Spotify. She's also a board member of All Stars Project, the Opportunity Network, and a first shake for youth. She's an advisory member of the entrepreneurship and competitiveness in the U.S. at the Columbia Business School. Welcome to Ala Latina. Thank you. Excited to be here. Wow, yes. <laughs> increíble. So I want to start, you know, like a question. So we were doing research about you preparing for this podcast, and we found a tone of uh, your background and, and information of your companies and what you have said about them. But we found very little about you and your personal life. Why is that? Oh, that's, that's a good question. And I don't, I, it's not that I have never shared my story, but I tend to be doing a lot about what the companies are. And maybe it is a little bit of the upbringing that we were told not to talk about ourselves. And so we're going to start into the conversation and more about your work and Um, despite of what people said about Argentinians, because I'm from Argentina, I was brought up to be very, very humble. And therefore, unless you really ask me the question about myself, I will not be talking about myself. I will be talking about my work or the work of my team. We are especially interested in shining a light on the stories of our guests because I'm sure you had struggles, you made mistakes. So we would like for our audience to identify their, themselves with, with uh, our guests. Can you tell us about your objective? bringing? How did you grow up? What were the values that you learned as, as you were a young girl or a teenager that you can then track to now and how you have uh, gotten to where you are? Good. So I grew up in Argentina, as I mentioned, um, the daughter of a divorced 
mom in the 70s when still being a divorce, coming of a divorced family was not well seen. Uh, it has changed, but it was not when I was growing up. And, and I take that experience because that taught me about being very independent. You don't need to trust on someone else to be able to pay for your rent or to take care of yourself. So, so that part. So then I went to, I'm, I'm the product of public education from elementary school all the way to university. And I went to study uh, licenciatura en ciencias de la educación. So I have a master's in educational sciences. And I remember that at the time, people say, what is that? What, how are you going to make any money with that? And what are you going to do? And, and I think that a lot of what I see now, even in the students, is you build knowledge, unless you're really going into a very specific trade, being an accountant, being a doctor. A lot of our education is about this building blocks of the things that you may be able to apply in the future. So what I learned was a little bit of common sense and problem solving. I understood educational systems and what were the struggles for that. And then I ended up um, going into corporate almost by hands. I, I did not know that I could have a corporate career and in learning and development, and that was the educational background. And you were in Argentina. All this in Argentina. So I joined a multinational company at the time, was uh, Citibank, and that actually gave me the opportunity of working in a really global environment. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about accents and the differences. I work in a place where everybody had an accent. So for me, coming to the U.S. and being one of those teams, everybody had an accent. So there was not anything that will be seen as, as um, detrimental to your success. And and so I, I, I did that. And first one to go to the university. So there was a lot of expectations to be successful and do something of, of my career. And, and the other thing, for those who knew, you know, Argentina in the 70s, 80s, and still today is a, is a country with a lot of fluctuation. Mm -hmm. So you learn to take advantage of the things as they come to you because you don't know if they will come in the future. Mm -hmm. So this is now or never approach is what I have realized that I have taken every step of my career now because I don't know if it's going to happen in the future. And those are kind of the things that I think that have molded who I am um, as, as a person and as a professional. And you came to the U.S. Uh, like transferring with yeah, Citibank. Yeah, I came with Citi and, and I had um, a Latin America role. So I was uh, the head of learning and development for Latin America. There were 14 countries, three languages, the consumer bank. And then at a point I realized that if I stayed in Latin America with a Latin America job, I will always be in that mm -hmm. hole. And I decided to take a lateral move. We'll talk about lateral moves yes. to a job in New York, but it was a global job. So it was a small organization, but it was giving me the opportunity to bring my experiences from Latin America, but also move into a global role. And then building in a couple more roles in, in Citibank until um, I left after 19 years. So you were there for 19 years. And you, it's such a big company. You were in the Latin American side. I'm sure there were hundreds of of women with similar skill set as you. Why did you climb the ladder? You know, they say that to be lucky is being prepared at the right time. And I think that I was prepared at the right time. I had a couple of mentors that really helped me navigate opportunities. And I took jobs that I didn't know enough, but I, I was taking the risk to do that. And I think that that's the other piece that I, if I think back, um, I was like, why did 
I didn't know enough, but, but it was the sense of I had a couple of mentors saying, yes, you can do it. We trust that you can do it. And now you're at Spotify, Swedish culture, Latina upbringing. So you're, are you the highest ranking Latina in Spotify? Yes, ma'am. And, and how, <laughs> tell us a little bit about how is that and how has been your journey in bringing your, you know, like in being your Latinidad and asset and when has it been a pro or when has it been a con? So Spotify, is a, this is the first time that I work for a non-American company. So in itself, it's very interesting. And I happen to be the most senior Latina or the only senior VP Latina. Congratulations. <laughs> by the way. We just want to say <laughs> thank you. Like, thank so proud you, thank of you. you. But if you think about it, half of the senior leadership is Swedish. So it is not the same that if you're in an American company where most of the leadership, so where half of us are, are in the U.S. or outside the U.S. and the rest is in Sweden. So it's, it's, it's not notable, but uh, there, there's less people here in the U.S. And it has been very interesting to do this comparison. And I think that one of the characteristics that we all share, because we're new immigrants, because we had to navigate and straddle in different cultures, that we get to learn what, how you get to be successful in the different cultures. So this cross-cultural skill set has helped me uh, here. It's a very humble um, culture, the Swedish culture. And therefore that, as I mentioned before, you know, I was brought up, you never go and talk about yourself. So it's very aligned to my own values. Mm -hmm. So although I have never worked in a culture like that, it's not that difficult for me to be aligned on the things that are important to, to the leadership. So that's, um, that's kind of the difference or, or the similarities that I have found working um, in a Swedish company. Um, very collaborative, very consensus driven. So, and and just like you know, like giving the role that you have, which is massive. You should talk to us a little bit more about your role. Um, has your experience been that? Is it lonely up there for you? First of all, and then do you feel that you have found a group of peers, like-minded Latinas, that are opening the door for each other, or has it you know like have you seen more, like other communities that are more unified to open the door for each other, share the access code and, and, and let people go? I think it's a combination. Um, I don't feel like um, that lonely uh, where I am, but after the um, Supreme Court ruling about um, affirmative action, that was the night that we had all of these texts going back and forth and people that have done similar jobs like us and saying, I'm here. If you want to cry, let's cry together. Or I'm here. I can give you a hug if you need all virtual hugs. So I do have a network of people that had had similar experiences in job. And it's a combination of Latin, African-Americans, Asian women that and men that had similar um, experiences. So I do feel I do spend a lot of time building relationships and keeping my network, but not in a in, in a way, just because it's good for the business, because I believe that I need those people and those people may need me. So so I, I do believe in building strong relationships and spending time with people as we go through uh, different moments. And I also believe that our jobs is to open the doors for everybody. And, you know, we, we have this idea and Sylvia Hill is the one that came with this description of you are as good as the people that you bring with you. So how many people do you have in your pocket mm -hmm. that will, and, and those people are the ones that you want to continue 
to mentor the same way that, you know, I got mentored by others. So if you're not doing that constantly, you're not a good leader. So you spoke about affirmative action. And one of the questions that I had was, um, what do you see as the actions that companies can take, have taken that actually drive an inclusive environment? And what are the things maybe that you've seen that maybe everybody's doing, but they don't really do much in I'll talk about something, Spotify, that I think is unique. So when I came to Spotify, I look at the representation of women. And they were the highest I've ever seen. And I said, I think these numbers are bad. There's something wrong here. It cannot be this I'll good. Be wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and I have not been able, I, I tell the story, I have not been able to prove the reason why, but I have a hypothesis. And the hypothesis is that because of the Swedish regulations, Men and women have parental leave, and men take the parental leave. So all our employees around the world have six months of parental leave. And what happens? Women take that, and men take that. And what happens then is there's no oh, a backlash. There's the not backlash. backlash. Okay. Because yeah. I have one of my, my, my team members, he's out for nine months now because he can do that based on the way that they decided to do that with his mm-hmm. wife. So that creates a real playing field. Yeah. So when I think about what are some of the things, so it's not only that you have the policy, because yeah. I work in other places where we had a policy around parental leave for men, but men were not taken because people it's, are like, oh, yeah. you're not a cure guy. But I've seen from the most senior leaders that report to Daniel down, men that take the time and they take the time. And it is expected. And that's what makes the difference. Yeah. So the expectations that we put in this country and in Latin America of men is that they are not supposed to be spending time with the family. They're supposed to be doing the work. And that's what it's so different. So, so for me, it's, again, not just the policy, but then the practice, how do we embed that in the organization? So do you like to... F- close down the piece of identity in a corporate environment and with your role at Spotify. Looking back and looking at Latinas, younger Latinas coming in, what are the cultural nuances that you wish, you know, like all of your managers uh, within your company and other companies would know about Latinas? Why hire Latinas? And what would you say about, you know, like those um, characteristics that right now for Latinas are obstacles that we don't know how to flip the script? Talk to us about that. Yeah, I think that the biggest thing is to change some perception that some groups are really education-focused and some groups are not. And, And I think that we as Latinas, we figure it out. If you're coming, you know, as first generation, that education is your path to growth. And growth, hopefully, will mean some stability, economic stability. So... But that story, you know, we need to reframe and we need to remind people in general that Latinx family as understand and invest in the education of their children. They may not have the same resources that other groups, but that we believe in education. And if Latinas start to talk about that and say why this is important, of course, we, we believe about or we care about our families, but it almost feels like there's an when we say, well, we care about our families, that means that you don't care about your career or you don't care about your academics. And I think that we have to say, no, we, you could care about more than one thing. And sometimes one will have a priority and the other one will be a little behind. And then you change that and you're constantly in that influx of, of creating that. And I think that we also have to tell our new generation of, of Latinas that 
it is not easy and you will have to make, you know, this decisions and you will have to negotiate with yourself. What is that you want to do and where are you going to be able to succeed and where are you going to be able to be the number two? And it's okay to be the number two sometimes if you're learning while you're doing that. So I always, you know, we always said you join a company and you leave a manager and you leave a manager when you're not learning enough. And that's my my thing. And you can do a lateral move, but if you're not learning enough, if you're not feeling this anxiety of not, but of, oh, I have to do something new and I have to figure this out. This is not a growth career. Yeah. At Money Lion, we think money can buy happiness and that you deserve access to the same tricks, tips, and tools as the 1%. We want you to achieve your version of the American dream. So we built an app that can help you get there. From banking with no hidden fees to cash advances with zero interest or credit checks, MoneyLion offers a suite of premium financial products that can help you make your everyday money decisions a whole lot easier. We even curated a network of content creators who can educate you how to invest, borrow, save, and earn like the pros. Ready to take control of your money life? Join the millions of Americans who use MoneyLion every day by downloading the app today. Are you ready to turn your best ideas into a thriving online business? Introducing Shopify, your no excuses business partner. You might not realize, but our podcast, More Than Mammies, it's a business. And we started it, of course, to talk about maternity, not to become an e-commerce expert. So yeah, we needed some help selling our merch and getting our store up and running. Another sale. Shopify is a commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. No matter if you are a garage entrepreneur or a big business, Shopify is the only tool you need to start and grow your business without the struggle. With Shopify single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere, giving you the insights you need wherever you are. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash sonoro or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash sonoro. I feel uh, like we Latina women are ahead of the times or have been ahead of the times because now there's this concept of the portfolio life. Mm -hmm. uh, there's even a book, I think, called The mm -hmm. Portfolio Life because research has proven that I guess the safest path to happiness is to have a portfolio life, not everything about work, not everything about family, not everything about social causes, just like having whatever you care about, having a, a portfolio of things that sometimes one takes priority than the other. And this HBS professor, Harvard Business School professor, just came up with this book a few years ago. And I'm like, Latinas have had this figured out a long time ago, right? Like we're we're multitasking all the time. We're working, we're entrepreneurs, we're mothers, we're daughters. We should have coined the term before. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but nevertheless, I mean, like, let's be real. There's a reason why we're doing this podcast. There's a reason why you're the only Latina in C-suite. There's a reason why, like, why? What is happening to us, to our psyche, to our mentality, to the obstacles, the real obstacles and the challenges that we're facing based on either education, because we, we have wonderful assets and who we are and values, but we're also, you know, like sometimes not flipping them, sometimes there are obstacles. So why don't we have more Elizabeth Nietos incorporate? Um, I think that being ambitious was always seen as a negative thing. 
And, and again, I was not taught to be ambitious. And, and then we use, and I remember being in a conversation with someone who's fantastic, and, and they said, but she's too ambitious. And I got the sense of being ambitious was not good. And we know that you can't, I mean, you can't be successful unless you're ambitious, unless you have that drive to do more. And I, I don't think that we have taught our daughters to... To dream big. Yeah. To dream big. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's, that's fair. Okay, that's number one. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're talking about what I think, there was one of the comments that you have. What was it? Let me find it because we were in the playbook. In the playbook, you had the pick your first job wisely. Let's talk about that. Like how important it is. What did you think when you came up with that one? (laughs) Well, I didn't come up with that one. We crowdsourced it. We we asked um, women in general, not just Latinas, what, what are the things that that you think we should tell our audience as these are like the 10 things you need to do if you want to reach the top. And one of them was treating your first job as an, uh, like as an anchor, because many of us started in organizations that were, that had a brand that people knew. And it's, it's almost like you do that big jump and then you climb from there. So that, that was what I was thinking. And also because data indicates that Latinos were so loyal in general that we stayed 41 to 45 mo- months longer in our first jobs than any other community. So pretty much because of the nature that we have and the cultural, the cultural uh, nuances that, you know, like the cultural, um, not barriers, but, you know, like understandings that we have, which is, Lucky, you have a job. Um, this, you know, calladita te ves más bonita. Stay in, mija. You, you're like lucky, lucky you. Then we tend to take that loyalty and to try to just like uh, fit in. So I think that like by that that comment came from the perspective of the cultural and yeah. social noise that we have, and also yeah. how it could be a platform. And now I understand that's why I said because I think that it's the old view of looking at a career. Because what we said before, you know, you can do. A, a job now, and then two other jobs that are not related, get different experiences, yeah. and then jump to the right one. So I think that by saying, pick your first job wisely, it could add more, yeah, uh, more stress, no? stress so to someone weight. to say that, but, you know, I need a job, so yeah. I, can't, I can build that. And yeah. when I was growing up, you know, jumping from job to job, going two or three years in a job was not the way to run. That's why I stayed 19 years in, at Citibank. Yeah. But I also changed internally a lot of jobs. So I had a lot of opportunities in an organization that let me do all those things because it was big enough. Mm-hmm. But today we look at the resumes and we're not the judgmental when someone said, I was there for three years, I did what I had to do, contributed to the plan, and then I did something else because then I figured out that what I wanted to do was something different. So I think that we are at a pivotal point on defining careers, and we still, who are in leadership roles, need to adjust to this idea that careers can really move and, and develop in a faster way. Uh, and we need to tell our Latinos and Latinas that, you know, it's okay to be there for four years. You know, you know, if you think that you have done what you went to do. Now, if you want to stay seven, ten years because you still have more to offer. And to and learn. more to learn. Absolutely. Yeah. So Can was- you actually, um, you touched a little bit on it and I think our audience will benefit from understanding. What do you look for when you're looking at a resume? What are red flags or what are things that you're looking for? Like, I, I imagine you're looking for growth, for learning, but are there things that, you know how people are uh, sometimes staying in a job like I I can't quit before a year because it's gonna look bad in my resume. What do you really look for when you're looking at a resume? 
Um, I'm looking for experiences and I'm looking for accomplishments. So there may be reasons why, you know, you left a job after a year. Maybe you had to move. Maybe you had a family decision that had to be. But if you have an accomplishment um, and you can explain that when, you, when, when you're talking about that, I think that that's, that's the way to write resumes. Mm-hmm. I think that we have also found, again, in the more progressive on, or companies that are not just looking at, that there's people that had gaps in their resumes, that decided to do something else, decided to go and try. So if you decided to go and run the marathon and then you took a year to train for that, what I will ask is, what did you learn about yourself? Mm-hmm. Did you accomplish that? What were the obstacles that you had to do that? Because in some cases, people have been saving for years mm-hmm. to go and do that around the world trip. And then what did you learn from that? So, but you have to have a very clear, and this is job description. So what I'm looking is, what are the things that I have in my job description that align to the experiences? Yeah. And and we say at Spotify, you know, we don't hire for company fit, we hire for company ad. So what we're trying is not to say, oh, you you know, there's a lot of, oh, but this person is very good and you will get, she doesn't fit in our culture. And we go like, okay, that is a discriminatory comment. You don't want someone that's going to, you know, get people nervous about changes. And so, and what we said here is just the opposite. We want that person that comes with an idea that is different. Yeah. We were really on a mission to changing the narrative of how it means to be Latina in corporate America because we don't believe that it's the job of the Latina to really like be rowing against the current. We want the environment to be more welcoming to us. Can you help us think through like flipping the script and some characteristics that are associated with Latinos or Latinas that are seen in one light, but could be seen like negative light and could be seen on a positive light? Um, I think that being too emotional, that's one that happens mostly for women. Uh, although I have seen men crying in my office. So let's put it out there. We, we're humans and humans may be exposed to situations that make you emotional or cry. You never know what is in people's life, you know, when they leave the office that will get someone to, to be emotional. But, but I think that being emotional uh, and being able to be vulnerable today is seen as a positive. Uh, again, we thought of leaders as those perfect men, mostly, all dressed very similarly, all, you know, covering for themselves anything that they were feeling because they needed to portray that image. And today we're seeing leaders that are not that, that are vulnerable, that talk about their families, that talk about their failures. You know, there's all this tendency. By the way, I'm not going to talk about my failures. That is crossing the line for me. But, <laughs> but there's all this tendency of people saying, well, I mess up. I had a moment where I thought this was the right path. And then I found myself having to to go back and redo things. But why so, is that good? Like, why do you, do you see in the data or any qualitative behavior that like people are more engaged or they stay more with those managers? Yeah, I think that the, this 
profile of the perfect leader that was, you know, one way has changed and the Dictator new generation. Yes. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That strong person, you mm-hmm. know, was one of the things that we used to say. And now we said, well, I'd rather work for a kind manager that pushes me to do the thing. But they're kind, not yeah. that they have to be dictatorial or they have to be. So, so that has changed in the way that we expect leaders to behave. And I think that if we show that we are that kind of people, that is actually good. But I love, uh, for example, when we were talking about submissive, um, right? We've had even in our podcast um, guests that said that they were accused of being too nice and that that was understood as not leader enough, not capable enough to, you know, like to raise your voice and take decisions. And therefore, um, she had to take a decision whether pretend to be harsh, to be, uh, you know, to be a leader, whether... Or, or not, and at the end of the day, I think that being submissive or too nice, um, if you understand that power and if you're that person, you can say to your boss or to your environment, look, this means I'm going to le- be leading as a mother. I'm going to bring people together. I'm going to bring empathy. I'm going to probably be making sure that no one is left behind so that the average of the group raises. Mm-hmm. Um, but also be an inclusive leader. We will call an inclusive, inclusive leader. leader. Exactly. And um, this idea of what we were just like discussing about like being respect for authority. That if you're a manager of someone that you know has that respect for authority and hierarchy and if la abuela is in the room, well, you let the abuela talk and then if she tells you to talk, then you will talk. And so if you're like, if you're aware of that cultural uh, nuance of someone, you might be able to pick up someone and say like, what do you think? And that Mm -hmm. person could be included. Yeah, yeah. So what about you? How do you lead? Uh, I lead with kindness. I, um, I care about people. And maybe it is because of this relationship driven. But I also have let a lot of people not go, but go into better things. So I don't believe that I own the talent. I do believe that my role, a little bit as a mother, is to continue to let people grow mm-hmm. and, and do better things. So I, I had, and I still, I'm still connected with a lot of team members from all my jobs. And many, you know, left to go and do an MBA and others went to do a job that uh, give them a different opportunity than the one that I could, could give. So I, I do believe that our role as leaders is to bring the best out of the people that we lead. That's great. I love it. All right. You've been giving us a lot of snippets and I would love to put it all together. What is Elizabeth Nieto playbook? So I did have in my notes, I, um, there was one time that I was asked, you know, how do you get to the top and, and um, can you do six things? And it was about being in the C-suite. And I said, okay, I'm going to do the six things, but they all have to start with the C. Why? Oh. Because why not? Challenge yourself. Everybody <laughs> can write six things. So the first one was to be centered. So I do believe that a good leader needs to know what their strengths and what their, their opportunities. And then what is their purpose? So there's a point in your career where you have to say, why do I spend all this time doing this? It's because it aligns to my purpose. And I think that being centered on that uh, is very important, knowing your values and, and connecting to those. The second one is being courageous. So you have to take risks and we talk about, and you have to decide what is a huge risk or not when you're in your career, what is your family situation? But I think that if you're too comfortable doing what you know and what you do, you're not going to progress. You're just Now, there may be times in your career where you said, I'm going to stay here for a little bit and I don't have to push myself. But if you 
stay there for a long time, that's a little bit where, where you will stay so forever. So being courageous. Being courageous. And, and being comfortable in, in the fact that we're so many mm-hmm. that we have choices. Yes. So take comfort in the data and move on with courage. Exactly. Love that. The next one is being curious. And we talk about learning. And I think that being curious about your job, but everybody else's job. So I get to meet people and, and I go like, okay, tell me exactly what you do. Because I want to learn how the business gets run so I can listen to the senior leaders and learn about the big things. But I want to know what a podcast producer does. How did they they start? How did they end? And what are the things that they see their key performance indicators? And for me, that it's being curious of what you do. So in every business that I have, I had always sit down with people and said, tell me exactly what your job is. So that's one of the C's, uh, the three C's that we have. And Mm -hmm. also the learning piece that you mentioned. Then it is to be compassionate. I think that, and and maybe what we talk about being, you know, from cultures that having relationships and really knowing your people and knowing what is important to them, um, I I believe that it's what makes good teams gel. So for someone maybe being on the stage, for someone maybe being in the background. So you need to understand what that is and being compassionate and not expect everybody to be exactly the same. Actually, what you want is the diversity of everybody so you can have a better team. And I think that, you know, leading with empathy and then uh, being accountable for your own errors. I say I'm sorry a lot of times. And, and I'm okay with that because I realize that in, we, we go very fast and sometimes like, oh, I forgot to do this or, or I expected someone else, but I should have been doing that. So I'm, I'm good saying, apologizing for the things and the little errors or mistakes that we make. And I think that that's important and the team sees that. So when someone else makes a mistake, it's not a big deal. We just, that's the yeah. way we, we do it. Um, I do believe in another seed, it's a double word, but I guess it's a, it's a community builder. I do believe that we have a responsibility as senior leaders to build community, and that could be whatever community you want to do. But if it is in, your, in, in the Latino community or in the community of people with disabilities or in the community that people need and where you can use your assets mm-hmm. to their benefit. I do believe that that's the way that, that we have to do. And, um, and creating this ecosystem of talent around you. So um, I was talking to someone today for lunch and said, oh, I found this great person, but I'm not going to tell you who she is because you're going to take, like, I will never do that. I believe that there's enough opportunities for everybody. Mm-hmm. So that's what we have to do, continuously sharing talent and, and giving people opportunity to grow. And the last one is being a change agent. There are days that is not difficult, not, not easy. There are days that you want to say, oh, let's leave the things that they are. But if you're not constantly creating this environment where you're changing and you're questioning the way you did things and how you have to do it in, in the future, mm-hmm. you know, your organization, your company, your, your business, your entrepreneur project may not uh, be completed. I so those are my six. You really personify the, the, and the leaders. Like when we look at what, good leaders look like now and and those that at least I admire when I hear from them I think that that you're describing I'm a fan of all of them now I'm a fan of yours thank you I love the six C's plus choose a great partner yes yes plus choose a great partner with a C with a C Um, last two questions oh Uh, what would you give yourself as advice if you were just starting your career 
What do you know now that you wish you knew before? So there was one job that I didn't take. And I had a good manager and mentor who said, you should go and run part of the business. I was working at City. You should go and run a branch. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's no way. And I chicken out. I totally did. And, and I think that it was okay. I did well, <laughs> despite not having done that. But what, what I learned is that people from the outside see things that you don't know you're capable of doing. So I now pay more attention to other people who said, you can do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test you, but you can do that. But I didn't know that at the time. And I thought, no, this is too much risk or I'm not going to be good at Failing was not something that I could even think about. So, but knowing that others see things in you that you may not be aware of, um, I think that that's what I tell my children. Um, with the incredible inspiration that you have provided us with today to the audience, and uh, uh, we would like to know who do you think that you admire that we should have in this podcast to provide Um, you know, like for, for provide with insights, with inspirations, with their stories so that uh, we can start building a playbook for Latinas uh, to succeed. Do you know Nina Vaca? Yes. Love Nina. All right. She is a hero of having built her organization, having been a CEO and being kind and thoughtful. And that's like the perfect combination. So for me, Nina is always uh, okay. the person that I will give us a fair name. The other person that I admire and has a different career, it's not in a, a corporate career, Elena Ochoa. Nah. Again, those two examples of different Latinas, talk about different Latinas, but being two role models uh, yeah. of mine. Yeah, we just launched yesterday the children's book, the Hispanic Star Children's Book on Elena Ochoa. Fantastic. The first, um, la, la, the first astronaut to play flute in the space. Ah. <laughs> It's just like incredible. Fantastic recommendations. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. I love your role oh, models. Oh, And if you're our role model, I will take your role models. <laughs> yes. There we go. Well, <laughs> this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. I am Elizabeth Nieto, and I am part now of the A La Latina podcast. Excited to be here. Elizabeth Nieto, leading A La Latina. A la Latina. A la Latina. This podcast was proudly produced by Malca Media. ¿Estás listo para convertir tus mejores ideas en un negocio en línea exitoso? Te presentamos Shopify. Tal vez no lo sabías, pero nuestro podcast More Than Mummies es un negocio y lo empezamos, por supuesto, para desahogarnos y hablar sobre la maternidad, no para convertirnos en expertas de ventas y del e-commerce. Así que sí, necesitábamos ayuda para vender nuestro merch y poner en marcha nuestra tienda. ¿Y cómo suena con Shopify? Llegó otra venta. Shopify es la plataforma de comercio que está revolucionando millones de negocios en todo el mundo. Ya seas un emprendedor desde tu casa o desde donde sea, Shopify es la única herramienta que necesitas para iniciar, administrar y hacer crecer tu negocio sin dificultades. Con Shopify puedo gestionar pedidos, envíos y pagos desde cualquier lugar, brindándote toda la información y estadísticas de tus ventas al detalle. Regístrate para un periodo de prueba con tan solo un dólar al mes en shopify.com barra sonoro. Todo en minus Ve a Shopify.com barra sonoro para llevar tu negocio al siguiente nivel. Shopify.com barra sonoro.